welcome to Two Minutes About Time, the podcast that takes a look at the Richard Curtis film About Time, two minutes at a time. I'm Luke Allen, one of your hosts, and with me is Robert E.G. Black. That would be me. And just a note, since it is the first Friday episode, there's only one episode, or one minute of the movie we'll be covering today. Obviously, this will all be ever so slightly different next week when we have our guest on, but we'll give you the rough idea of how this show works. And this means that we're doing, you know, five minutes each week. So we open this minute with Tim lying in bed, which we discussed quite a lot at the end of last episode, as it's just an incredible jump from beforehand. And to go on to the dialogue, Tim says, And so I woke up the next morning, hungover, ashamed of myself, and not realising it was the day that would change my life forever. I mean, that's always a bit of a cliche line, but it seems to work here. Yeah. And Kit Kat says... Get up, stupid. Dad wants you. <laughs> Hello, sexy pyjamas. And uh, the pyjamas comes back in and out in a deleted scene later on. A deleted scene which I think, uh, when we get round to that minute, I am very disappointed is cut out. Huh. And not just because Margot Robbie's in it, uh, which is enough of a reason to be disappointed is cut out. But yeah, it's, it's just a very, very good moment. And then, pretty much... Straight after that, we cut to Tim walking through the corridor, and once again, he matches the colours of the house. Well, did you did you, you got to point out that Kit Kat falls on top of him on the bed, which is hilarious. Oh yeah, she almost it's looks as if she's about to fall asleep on top of him for a moment. But then, yeah, um, Tim back out in the same hallway as before, and he blends in again. And obviously, the balloons are still there from the party. And oh, a little touch, considering it's December, is there's Christmas trees. Um, yeah, on the bookshelf. I hadn't noticed before. And this is the point where the dad, who hasn't had a line yet, I don't think, he then says, Ah, Tim, come in, do sit down. Which is <laughs> very quickly commented on as being very formal. Yeah, um, very formal. And Bill Nye is incredible at acting awkward and uncomfortable. He does that yeah. really well. Like He can't figure out how to stand, and then finally he just puts a hand on the chair. I mean, that's, like, the entirety of the girl in the cafe is Bill Nye acting awkward, pretty much. And <laughs> he, he just feels so real as an actor. Like, he, he is one of my favourite actors. I think he's brilliant. And apparently, according to the BBC Radio 5 film show, is one of the celebrities that most people end up meeting uh, huh. in England. Like, there have been stories of people who've met him on, like, three different occasions at completely different parts of the country. Apparently he's a really nice guy, so I hope nice. he'll eventually turn up in Shropshire and I'll be able to, to say hi hi to the Nai. That doesn't sound as good as it did in my head. No. No. <laughs> now, and, yeah, before Tim we get to his dialogue, quick. I wanted to mention this room. We do, we do see the room a few more other times, but I wanted to talk about it because there's two things. He has a BB, two BB King posters on the wall, which will matter later. Yeah, it does come up later on. And also, by the wall, all of the books are turned with their spines toward the wall. Oh, yeah, And I wondered if those are just, like, the books he's already read a bunch of times and he's done with them, or what? Because I'm like, that is a weird way to store books. Hmm. It's like when a bookshop is, like, a second-hand bookshop has not yet put out their stock. Yeah. Or even, even, probably less that, it's more like a charity shop. You know, a shop that doesn't really care about the books and is just putting them out in bulk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's even like then you are... think they'd turn them so you could see the spines. Mm. But he has but, I mean, a, a lot, lot of books. In terms of the coloring of the pages, there a lot of them are either old or worn, so yeah. it suggests that 
either he owns a lot of old books or they are books that he's read before. Apart from, from what I can see of his of shelves, they're also not very organized either. So his books are yeah. just a chaos. But it makes the room feel lived in. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, you can perfectly tell that. Like this is basically the dad's space. Like this is his mm-hmm. his area. And once again, Tim blends in with the sofa here. Like he's the same color pretty much as the sofa. And then he's framed so he's barely in the shot when the dad's talking too. It's, it's the movie's deliberately making him blend in mm. and disappear. His hair matches the colors of the worn books. To be honest, uh huh. <laughs> I can say that because I'm ginger, so I, I get that. <laughs> yes, and so the dad says, and we do find out that the dad's name is James later on in the film, but that's only yeah. mentioned once, and he's credited as Dad. Yep. So we just refer to him as the dad or as Bill Nye as I'm sure we'll cut between throughout this show. Uh, the dad says, well, um, yeah, this is an odd moment for me, because I had the same moment with my father when I just turned 21, and after it, my life was never the same. So I approach it pretty uh, nervously. And then Tim <laughs> says, okay, when you're ready, it's all very mysterious. <laughs> and then we conclude the dialogue this minute with, ah, right, Tim, my dear son, the... And that's, yeah. that's how we how we have our... A minute, but yeah, there's definitely more to discuss in this, and just like as we say, with like Bill Nye's love. And when we cut to the shot of Tim, we have got Bill Nye's arm still taking up most of the frame. A lot of the frame, yeah. Which feels awkward and uncomfortable as the moment yep. is. Yeah, this this they do a good job of framing this scene, so it's weird and as yeah uncomfortable. I think I focus an awful lot often on Rich Kurtz as a writer, but like his directing in this is. Really good. Yeah, he does things like this a few times in this movie, where he frames it in a way that makes it work better. And I think it's almost... I would debatably say this is better in directing than a lot of the artsy stuff where you notice it, because I think if you don't notice it and it just makes you feel a certain way, then it's more successful. Mm -hmm. The interesting thing also is with the dad's arm is his arm is like elbow out, hand at his side, so that it's also framing... A picture that I think is the mother on the table, and so I, I drew my eye there, even though it's it's blurry. But I'm like, but my eye was drawn to this blurry photograph. I'm like, that's weird. But like, uh, the I black think and white did that on purpose. Yeah, the black and white picture on is that the one that we're talking about, or the other? the one the one, the one under Tim. his arm. Yeah, when the when the dad's arm is bent, it's there's a picture right underneath his arm. This hang on, is that the two on the table? There's two on one. Have a minute running. And there's, oh yeah, well, you can only see one when it's under his arm, yeah. Yeah, but it, it like you can't tell what the picture is. But I, my eye was drawn there because of the visual of his arm, and I think that's deliberate. He's making us us get uncomfortable too. And when you cut back to the shot of Bill Nye, as well as like the BB King pictures, surrounded by books and junk in the corner, uh-huh. is what looks like a picture of who I assume is the mother on her wedding day. Her wedding dress, yeah. Yeah, I I do love just all that junk in the corner because it just it feels real. Actually, the picture on the table could even be Tim, like yeah, younger. That's, that's one of the other things I was thinking. It's either Tim and the other picture you can't see at all. <laughs> you can see it in a different shot. It's but it's not go. that clear as to what it is anyway, unless it's just no. It's it looks like, like it's multiple I'm, people, but you can't tell what it yeah. is. Yeah, 
I'm using the preview version on the Dropbox anyway, so it's not the full HD. So whether that makes any different, though. Maybe maybe next week I'll have my my Blu-ray playing on the other screen, so I can full on. Yeah, maybe you'll, focus you'll on be it. able to tell exactly what these things are. So unless we have any other notes for this minute, it's time for our our Friday segment that I haven't given a name to. <laughs> does it need uh, a name? He doesn't name what he can do in the movie, does he? No. <clears throat> like Father just says, he can travel through time. Tim does it, but he never has like. It's always like, <laughs> yeah, give me a minute, and he walks away because he doesn't talk oh. about it with anyone. Could we call it "Give Me a Minute"? Because we're taking a minute off. Yeah, maybe. That's our working title. Working title. That's another pun. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> our working title for this segment is "Give Me a Minute," yeah. and I, to, I'll ask you first, Robert. Is there any moment in your life which, given the ability, you would go into a dark room, close your eyes, clench your fists, think of that moment, and go back in time to to relive it and either re-experience it or change something about it? My initial impulse is not one that I'd want to change, but I think it'd be great to be there again. It was the time in um, in San Francisco before I got married with my then future wife out in the park. It was really nice. Very simple. Not much going on. So... Almost like, I guess, like at the end of the film when he goes back to the moment with, you know, Tim and his dad, just a nice, yeah. sweet just hang moment. out and do a thing. Yeah. For me, it's possibly going to sound really stupid, but I'll say it anyway. For me, it'll be one of the times I went to the Doctor Who experience in Cardiff, because <laughs> it closed <laughs> uh, a couple of years ago, and I just have so many like good memories of being there, especially at the point of the height of like my Doctor Who fandom. It's just, it was a great thing, walking around all the interactive stuff, and I just like that sort of that little nostalgic tingle and sort of feeling that I'll that I get whenever I sort of think about it and how great it was and how kind of sad that what I'm pretty sure was like the main tourist attraction in Cardiff has been shut down because huh. um, I genuinely don't think I mean Cardiff is the capital of Wales there is other things but I do genuinely think that their main <laughs> draw especially from international audience international people and tourists that's the word she from tourists was to go to the doctor who experience because being in the center of cardiff it's so close to all the other locations and stuff from the show including yanto from torchwood when his character died there is a shrine in cardiff dedicated to his character where fans write letters and stick up pictures of him as if he's a real person is the shrine still there yeah it's still, well as far as i'm aware okay. yeah yes it is yes because i've seen on the so the Torchwood cast go down there every now and again and take a look at it. <laughs> um, and it like won an award for like one of the best kept places in Cardiff because huh. people just put this memorial up to a dead character. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. So that would be the moment I go back in time to. We might both have changed our answers by the end of the series anyway. Um, but yeah. And I'm sure we can pop back in regularly answers. on this segment. So, I guess they've just listened to the first week of the podcast. Now, normally at this point, with a guest, we'd have them talking about one of the minutes we covered last week. But since the movie just started, there aren't any. Yeah. Are we specifically doing it just from the last week, or are we going to pick a minute at random from another point in the film? Uh, We can figure that out as we go. The first couple I picked minutes from just the previous week, just because there's not much to pick from. Later, there might be important minutes we want to come back to multiple times, because get mm. lots of different guests talking about the same things. Depends. I think we could even be clever at some points and, you know, have 
like like say the moment when they go back to the when we're doing the minutes where they go back to the party, we could go and do one yeah, of the party minutes the party. again and do yeah compare can, the two versions or something. Yeah, yeah, we 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 can be clever and which that they might not know listening to these first couple of episodes, but we can be clever. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, this is this has been fun. It's it's exciting for me to finally talk about what, in all fairness, is my favorite film. How many times people have found it silly that I've referred to this as my favorite film? It's it's not a perfect film by any means, but it doesn't stop it from being a good film. A good film is just one where you get to look past its imperfections. Yeah. Uh, so, Robert, where can our listeners find you on social media? Uh, Robert E.G. Black on social media or links to my shows and my blog and everything else on uh, lemmingdrops.com. And the listeners can find me on social media on Twitter at llama underscore bottle zero, on Instagram at the ginger luke. All of my podcasts, radio appearances, short films, articles, everything that I'm involved with in any little way is probably on lukeallen.co.uk. And if they want to find this podcast, they can find it on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram at Two Mins About Time. Uh, thank you so much for listening this week and we'll be back next week with a special guest. The Two Minutes About Time theme is performed by Ethan O'Mahony and is a cover of the About Time theme originally composed by Nick Laird Close. Two Minutes About Time is a production of Lemming Drop Studios in association with Bottle O Productions. Welcome to Two Minutes About Time, the podcast that analyzes and reviews and discusses and tangents and all that. Uh, I might start again, that didn't sound good. <laughs> Welcome to Two Minutes About Time, the podcast that breaks down, analyzes, reviews and discusses the Richard Curtis classic, but still modern, um, <laughs> film about time. <laughs> the intros will get better as we go along. Yeah. Um, I'm Luke Allen. Um, I'm one of your hosts, and with me is Robert Black. Yeah, your co-host. Do I do I introduce you as Robert Black or Robert E. G. Black? What's the What's the way I realize we've covered? Um, ones? I'd what's say the... go with the E. G. In case someone googles me. Yeah, there's a lot of Robert Blacks, and you know who, <laughs> and you know which one comes up first. I don't know if you're familiar with him. It's a British serial killer. So, um, we'll stick with the E. G. Then yeah. we'll go. Uh, I might as well just restart the intro, to be honest. Right. Take three. <laughs> welcome welcome to Two Minutes About Time, the podcast that breaks down, analyzes, and just... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> okay. If you want outtakes for the end, right. there you go.